welcome to this edition of Market Shapers. I'm very excited to be joined by real estate agent extraordinaire Steve Barry with Williams True. Um, we're here on the Fort Worth uh, side of town today and uh, very excited to chat with all of you, learn a little bit about Steve and his practice and share some insights about the way he does business and then also uh, some insights about Fort Worth when you find yourself on, on this great side of our town. So Steve, welcome and thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You know, one of the things I wanted to chat about first, I always like kind of get into people's background a little bit and there was something that was really amazing to me, but you are fifth generation Fort Worth, not just Texas, but Fort Worth. So kind of tell me a little bit about your family history here in, in Fort Worth. Well, that's right. So on my mother's side, I'm a fourth or fifth generation uh, Fort Worthian. Um, and on my dad's side, I'm a, I'm a third generation Fort Worthian. So my, uh, my great greats uh, came down to Fort Worth years ago and, and started Bewley Mills, which was a grain operation right. here in Fort Worth. And uh, so from there, you know, it just evolved, and and uh, most of most of uh, my life I've been in Fort Worth. I was born and raised here, of course, and with the exception of some time away for college, high school and college, yeah. and then a little bit of uh, working over in Dallas. Yeah. I've been pretty much here the whole time. Did you always feel like you eventually your your uh, roots would bring you back here to Fort Worth? I did. Yeah. I did. I didn't really ever think I was going to live anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you have kind of a unique background as well, too, because <clears throat> your original start was in fully on the commercial side. Um, and so maybe talk about your introduction to real estate and how many years you were in commercial, the commercial practice. Sure. When I graduated from college in 1984, I moved back to Fort Worth. And at that time, the real estate market was pretty hot. I didn't know really what exactly what I wanted to do. So uh, I uh, decided I'd go interview with some real estate companies. And my first job was as a real estate broker for a retail development company here in Fort Worth. And it was the uh, old style shoe leather prospecting yeah. uh, sort of deal where I got a desk and a, and a phone and a phone book and basically just calling people and going out and knocking on doors and trying to find out why tenants lease certain space when their leases expired and if there was an opportunity to maybe relocate them to one of our shopping centers. That was my introduction into real estate and then and then about two years after that I went to work for Trammell Crow Company over mm -hmm. in Dallas um, which was just a really awesome experience super talented group of people and they were involved in all phases of the real estate business from development and and uh, in the brokerage side management and and so forth so it was a uh, it was a great way to continue to learn the business and broaden my horizons right. a little bit worked more as an owner rep um, agent for, for them and leased pretty much just Trammell Crow properties. At the time, they were starting to do some stuff in Fort Worth and they wanted a Fort Worth person right. to kind of help do that. So um, anyway, I did that for a number of years and then the market turned down. I went to uh, grad school, got my MBA, came back, worked for a family office for a, uh, a number of years and then partnered up with a friend of mine and we started a real estate syndication company going out and buying commercial properties yeah. and fixing them up and putting a new coat of paint on them and and uh, and that sort of thing and we did a number of those intended to have the same investors in each of those deals and so that eventually morphed into a real estate fund and so we we uh, we raised some some money and started a real estate fund back in 2005 and we had that through the downturn, and, and uh, that was 
whole other story. But but um, as as we begin to as we began to start selling off assets again, um, we got it down to just a handful of assets, and it was really not something that needed day-to-day management right. and oversight. So I was kind of looking around, thinking about what my next deal was, and, and a friend of mine said, you know, Steve, you ought to think about residential. And so, lo and behold, in 2016, I came here to, we joined Williams True, and it's been a little over three years. Yeah, yeah and I yeah. wanted everyone to get a little bit of that commercial background, because when we chat a little bit later about our <clears throat> internal com- commercial network that's launching, I kind of wanted, you're heavily involved in that, so I wanted people to understand your background there and, and why we asked you to be a big part of that. Um, so you come into residential, um, talk about that transition a little bit because that's not a normal common path for a lot of agents. So talk about that transition from commercial to residential a little bit. <clears throat> sure. It was, um, you know, I thought it was, it was a good fit in the sense that being from Fort Worth and obviously having a lot of friends and family in Fort Worth and then having a pretty good network of, of business relationships right. through my real estate days. I felt like I could probably leverage off those relationships into the residential side and end up, you know, at least, you know, getting some opportunities yeah. to sell houses. What, what was different is all the nuances of residential uh, that you don't really have so much in commercial. And there's a lot more, you know, regulation and mm-hmm. there's a lot more detail and a lot more paperwork and process and procedures. So it was, it was a little bit of a, of a, uh, of an education to get familiar with with all of that but once I felt like I had a pretty good sense of of how to do a residential transaction then it was kind of the business as usual yeah. in terms of yeah. you know how you kind of negotiate a deal and the players are all the same title companies and lenders and yeah. buyers and sellers and so yeah yeah well and you described yourself as being and I thought this was really cool you described yourself as being numbers oriented, but then relationship focused. And I think some people internally believe you're one or the other, right? Like there's the numbers people, and then there's the relationship right. people, and there's no one that lives in that medium in between, but you kind of described yourself as both. So like, what does that mean to you to kind of say, or how does that uh, translate into how you represent a client when you're numbers oriented, but you're also focused on a relationship too? Well, so I have to catch myself sometimes <clears throat> from being too analytical uh-huh. with my with my clients. I'm first and foremost a relationship guy. I'm a people person. I've always yeah. liked to, you know, I've always liked to be around people and I've always enjoyed conversations with people, really from the standpoint of getting to know people, not so much going right in and talking shop about whatever it is I'm doing, yeah. but just to have a conversation, get to know people. So um, the 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 number side is just an aptitude of mine. I guess it's the way I was made a little bit. And so I um, have always enjoyed doing doing that. And so I try to I try to um, bring that to my deals and opportunities yeah. that I'm working with and try to give them a little bit, not not only, hey, this house is great and it's awesome and it fits the bill on on all these fronts, but also to try to give them a sense for the, the transactional side, yeah. the neighborhood, you know, how does this deal, you know, that we're, that we're maybe going under contract with, how do the numbers right. jive with the, with the neighborhood and the market in general? And so in any event, that's, that's I think, worked, yeah. worked well. Well, and it's interesting because, like, you know, as soon as you buy a house, no seller is ever upset to receive those periodic 
you know, messages from their agent that tells them, hey, here's what else is sold in the neighborhood and what it's sold for, or right. here's what a comparative market value of your house is now. Like, everyone wants to feel like they've made a good investment in their property. So I think kind of crossing both lines there a little bit is the right way to go. And I mean, yes, people want to feel emotionally connected to you, but supporting that with the numbers is, is a great way to handle it. Well, and part of that too may be, <clears throat> be just from my commercial background, mm -hmm. and that's a much more numbers-oriented purely transactional sort of process. And right. so I probably brought a little bit of that um, to the residential side. Yeah, you've also talked about kind of going above and beyond on your client service, you know, the way that you created client experience. And so maybe kind of talk about what you mean by that or some examples of, of how you maybe try to differentiate yourself from, from other people in the marketplace by kind of going above and beyond a bit. <clears throat> well, so some of it is just basics and it's just follow up, yeah. communication, I feel like if I don't respond to an inquiry from a client, whether it's an email or a text or a voicemail message, that day certainly, but within a, you know, within a couple of hours, then I'm, I really, yeah. I, I, it, it makes me anxious. And yeah. I feel like I need to, and so um, certainly from a communication standpoint, I think I think that has, that's been something that I've always always tried to try to adhere to but also delivering what you say you're gonna do. So mm -hmm. if I'm telling somebody that, hey, I'll get you a CMA, or I'll get you a report, or I'll get you this or that, whatever it is, to do that. Yes. And sometimes your day fills up, and you don't really have the time necessarily to run that report or do whatever it is that you, but I feel like if you can deliver on that, right. and you can stay on top, they're gonna, they're gonna appreciate that. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, you know, there's a meme that goes around a lot too. It talks about like, you know, there's these 10 skill sets that require no skill to actually do. And it's like, be on time, be responsive, communicate. And you're right, you know, the number one complaint clients typically will say when they do these surveys, whether it be for attorneys or real estate agents, whoever it is, is lack of communication. And so mm -hmm. it requires no experience. You can be a brand new real estate agent out of school the day one, and you can be great at communicating. Sure. Yeah. And you know what? You don't even have to really communicate anything that's all that significant, right. but just the fact that you're staying in touch with them, yeah. and you're keeping them in the loop, and you're you're just keeping them apprised of what's going on, yeah. I think that goes a long way. Well, and I try to put myself too, like I remember the times I've sold my house, and how you stare at your phone, like, okay, where's the uh, text message saying that there's a showing schedule? Like, you are so in the moment when you are buying or selling, like everything is such, it feels time sensitive, even if it's not. Yes, So yes. recognizing that from a real estate agent side to, I know I'm going to have clients that are super time sensitive right now, so I need to make sure that I'm making them comfortable about it. Right, right, Yeah. right. Um, so with all that, when you're juggling all that with clients and stuff and trying to be highly communicated with them and respond to them, what are some systems that you employ, whether they're informal or formal, to kind of make sure that those things don't get away from you a little bit? Well, that's a challenge, yeah. frankly, and um, I've tried to tried a bunch of different ideas and, and, and things you pick up on in the <clears throat> from other agents and that you may see on a video to try to be a little more, more disciplined and organized right. and it's really difficult and when you're when you because I think it, the people that are really good at it that don't really have people that are helping them do mm -hmm. that are, are pretty much wired that way yeah and they're just they're just really really good at being super organized and disciplined I find that if I can um, delegate that, mm -hmm. then those sort of the transactional side and the paperwork management and the 
calendar sort of things, it's better for me. Yeah. I've, I've tried that and it's, and it's worked. And I, uh, I'm in a situation now where I've, I've, I've had somebody that's been helping me out and it's great, and then, but she's now on maternity leave. And yeah. So I've gone now kind of back to trying to do it all myself, yeah. and it's, it's getting a little bit yeah. you know, unwieldy. Well, you know, and I, I, I talk to agents a lot, and <clears> I say, you know, you need to know what an hour of your time is worth. Right. Um, you know, CPAs, attorneys, they all know exactly what they bill out for an hour, but every one of us can do that. We can take what we earn or what we want to earn, divide it by the hours and week that we work, and figure out what an hour of our time is worth. And so mm -hmm. you start thinking to yourself, would I pay someone that amount of money to do what I'm currently doing? And the answer, if the answer to that is no, then you delegate it off to somebody. Exactly. Because all people say like, oh gosh, I don't know if I could afford paying someone, you know, you know, $12 an hour to do some of this management stuff for me on the back end and stuff. I'm like, well, let's figure out your hourly rate. Well, right now you're paying someone $192 to do it. Sure. You know? Exactly. So what's exactly. more expensive? You know? Exactly. So to the delegating, I think, is a huge lesson for a lot of people out there. Um, for our teammates that don't regularly sell, here on the Fort Worth side, talk a little bit about commercial and residential. What's what do you see happening here over the next couple of years? Well, Fort Worth is a great market. I think we we benefit obviously being in North Texas. North Texas is a very strong market. There's tremendous job growth. It's bringing a lot of new people into the into the region, and that benefits every municipality in North Texas. You hear a lot about Dallas, mm -hmm. and you hear a lot about the big corporate moves that come to Dallas and how that benefits the markets over there like Frisco and Plano and so forth. In Fort Worth, we're starting to get more of that as well. Right. And you're starting to hear about some big, particularly up in Alliance in the North mm -hmm. Texas market, you've got Charles Schwab, you've got Fidelity, they're bringing in a lot of employees. Anyway, all of that activity that we are that we are experiencing here in North Texas has just been, I think, great for the market. Yeah. And we've been in a in a in a situation of, of you know strong market fundamentals. The prices have been at a good at a good point. It's our supply and demand is, you know, still it's hard to find affordable houses out yeah. there. That's pretty much that's pervasive throughout North Texas. Yeah. Not only here in Fort Worth certainly, but I think it's um, Fort Worth also uniquely got a lot to offer in terms of the culture and the lifestyle. We're blessed with this world-class cultural district, which is literally yeah. at our back door here, yeah. and to have that caliber of museums here in Fort Worth is uh, there's a lot of big cities yeah. all over the country and world that would that would love to have yeah. that. We've got a river that runs right through the heart of our city. It's a tremendous asset, and you're starting to now see commercial users and developers that are starting to orient to the river mm -hmm. and try to incorporate that as an amenity for their development. Yeah. So you're seeing a lot of waterside development here in Fort Worth. So you know, and then of course the stockyards and the rodeo and TCU, and you could go on and on yeah. talking about you know different, but yeah. but good strong market. And I think what I love about it is you know as I moved down here, what I love is that we're not this homogenous city as far as you know it's one thing i feel like some cities get pegged as being there's different markets within there within each city but we really do have some really big choices for businesses and homeowners to make on what feels most like home to them um, in north mm -hmm. texas which is great i mean it's great to have options which is which is really neat absolutely yeah we've got land too yeah. 
We've got lots of land. Right. Yeah. We're not running in any mountains or coastlines. That's so we right. Keep growing. That's right. That's right. Um, so we talked a little bit about commercial. I want to kind of dovetail into that and <clears> as we finish up. But, you know, we've recently launched a, a commercial network here within the Ebby Holiday Companies, which includes all three brands. And you were pegged and asked to be a commercial lead agent for that. And, uh, you know, one of the purposes of that is to really, one, we have a lot of agents such as yourself that have an experience in commercial. They still do commercial. We want to provide more resources for you to do that. But we know our 1,800 agents out there find themselves by working with a client, they stumble into a, re a commercial deal. Mm -hmm. And this network will help it easier for them to uh, refer those deals to in-house experts, you know, experts within their own company that sure. can service that client. So maybe just talk a little bit about, since we kind of pulled you into it, you know, your thoughts about the, the commercial network that we're launching. Well, I think, it's, I think it's great. I think it makes a lot of sense because most homeowners also have a business and they've got business needs. And, not everyone is of the size that they would need a national brokerage operation to handle their yeah. commercial real estate needs. There are a lot of, of businesses out there that, that need guidance on who to call for expanding a, you know, an office lease, or they want to relocate, or they want to start a business and they need to find space. So there's, there's obviously a captive market right. there, and to have the ability to now serve those needs, I think is fantastic. Yeah. And we have, how many agents do we have in Abbey? A total? A About total. 18, 1900. 18, yeah. 1900. Yeah. You've got, you know, you've got, you've got a lot within that that yeah. have had commercial experience right. and, and kind of like me. And so why not tap those resources yeah. and, and offer that as well? Yeah. And one of the great things is, is that the agents that are listed in the commercial network all have access to the things that you have to if you're going to really service a client commercially. So access to CoStar, which would be kind of like trying to be a residential agent without access to MLS. And right, so right. you can have that kind of comfort knowing if I refer a client over to one of our in-house experts in commercial, they're going to get the same treatment and service they would if we went outside to another commercial brokerage. Absolutely. And that's that's it also adds a lot of credibility if you can present your client with marketing reports right. that are generated from CoStar. Yeah. They're going to know that, hey, yeah. these guys are in they the They know game. what you're doing. They know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. Well, Steve, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to sit down with us, and I appreciate everyone uh, tuning in. Um, you have such a unique, cool background. I thought it would be fun to share it with everybody. So thanks for sitting in the hot seat for a little bit. I appreciate it. Thanks All for right. having me, Chris. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Market Shapers this week, and we'll see you next time.